And we wanted to thank today's sponsors brought to you by Anchor.fm. Ladies and gentlemen, if you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's completely no charge. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone, tablet, or computer. Anchor will also distribute your podcast for you, where it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, TuneIn Radio, Stitcher, and many more. Guys, it's everything you need to make a podcast. Honestly, it just takes for you to really get started. Go ahead and download the free Anchor app and go to anchor.fm and look forward to seeing you create your show. Yes. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. My name is Eric Andrus, and I'm excited to welcome you to How to Be a Grown-Up Presents, Joe Beckman. Joe is a Twin Cities-based motivational speaker, helping to uplift young scholars around the country. Countless students have benefited from his dynamic and powerful speaking engagements. Joe is also an actor. Having starred in numerous local and national commercials, he has brought his infectious and positive energy to a television near you. Joe is also the father of three beautiful children that light up his life. Joe's weekly segments will take many different forms, but no matter what he's bringing you this week, his podcast will be dedicated to giving you the inspirational shot in the arm that you need to be your best self. Joe believes in your ability to be amazing, and after listening to his words, so will you. So without further ado, let's sit back, relax, listen to Joe Beckman, and take our lives to the highest level. Hey friends, I hope you are doing well wherever you are at listening to this podcast. Um, Say, when I was uh, growing up, I was a very, very athletic kid, and along with that came a sense of competition like none other. I don't know if any of you can relate. If you're competitive, if you like to come in first, if you always want to be the best at everything you are a part of, if that's the case, you and I share something in common. And when I was in fifth grade, I remember every day we would go outside and we would play football. And every day I was the quarterback and every day I would pick out the teams. And every day I remember there was a kid who would get picked last. His name was Chris Johnson. Chris was not, unfortunately, very good at football. In fact, sports in general were really not his thing. And so whenever we were picking teams, whether it was you know, at lunch for football or after school or, you know, uh, on the basketball court or sometimes like, you know, in other areas of school, like in the cafeteria, Chris would kind of be the kid who would be the last one to sit down or in the classroom, Chris, when we were like partnering up together, Chris would be the kid that didn't have a partner. And I remember one day specifically where Chris was on my team. The reason I remember this is because it was one of those plays where it came down to like the final moment, right? I think we were down by some three points or whatever. I don't think we kept score, but I knew we were losing and I knew we needed a touchdown. And if we scored a touchdown, we were going to win. And I come up to the line and I call out some play. And I, I remember I said, hut, hut. And I look and I look for my two best receivers and they're flying down the side of the field and I'm watching them go deep. And you know, they're completely covered. And so I'm, I look out of the corner of my eye, I see all alone by himself, halfway down the field, Chris Johnson. He's yelling my name, I'm wide open, throw it to me. 
And I, I see him out there by himself. And I, I think to myself, nah, don't throw it to Chris. He's going to drop it, look for somebody else. And so that's, of course, exactly what I did. I look for my next two best receivers, but they're also covered. And the rush is even closer in my face now. And so I'm spinning, I'm juking, I'm moving, and way downfield in the end zone this time, I see that Chris is all by himself. And I have two seconds to make a decision because the rush is coming right at me. And I look at Chris, and Chris looks at me, and this is what I decide to do. No. And I chuck it in the other side of the end zone, where uh, uh, opposite of where Chris was. And I remember my friend... Pete runs, he jumps, he catches it, comes down, both feet in bounds. It was a miracle. We won the game. I was screaming, Pete screaming. Everybody on our team is going crazy. Everybody's super excited. Everybody's super pumped. Everybody except Chris. Chris is not celebrating with the rest of the guys. In fact, he's still standing in that same spot in the end zone until finally I just see him turn with this disgusted look on his face and he walks back into school and Chris, what is what's your problem, man? You're on the winning team. What's his problem? And I looked at my buddies and we didn't think anything of it. We didn't think anything of it because it didn't, didn't bother us at all. We won. And so we get home or we get back into school. We're talking about it. We get on the bus and I'm talking about it. We get home later that day and I'm talking about it again. But this time I'm talking about it with my older brother. Now, my older brother, Matt, is two years older than me, and every day I remember he would go outside, and every day he would play football, and every day I would always be like, can I play football with you and your friends? And he would always tell me to go take a hike because I was too young. But that one day, I think I inspired him with my story because he said, yeah, you can come play with us, and it was awesome. It was so fun. I was playing after school with the older kids, seventh graders, two years older than me. And here's the deal. It was just like we were at school. They had captains. I mean, except I wasn't, you know, one of the captains. I mean, that made sense, right? I was playing with the seventh graders and they did it just like we did it at school. They picked out teams, except for the fact that I got picked last, and I remember going out for a bunch of passes that game, and no one's throwing me the ball. No one is even looking in my general direction until finally near the end of the game. I'm standing wide open in the end zone, flailing my arms. I'm wide open. Throw it to me. Seventh grade quarterback sees me wide open. He's got two seconds to make a decision, and what does he do? No, and he chucks it in the other side of the end zone away from me. And I walked straight home from that end zone that day. I didn't wait for my brother. I didn't wait for his friends. I was frustrated. I was angry. I thought, why didn't those guys pass it to me? Not even once. I never want to play football with those guys again. Wait a second. And all of a sudden, it hit me. I went, wait a second. If this is how I'm feeling after one game of this, how does Chris Johnson feel every single day? I mean, every single day, no one passes him the ball. Every single day, this kid gets picked last. And then I started to get really angry, not, not at my brother and his friends, but at me and my friends, because every day we had opportunities to get Chris involved, but we never did. Why? Because he wasn't as athletic, because he wasn't as popular, because... I was the kind of kid that wanted to win so badly at every little thing that I was a part of. I purposely never gave kids like Chris a shot. 
Now, I know some of you who are listening to this right now, whether you are seven or 77, know exactly what I'm talking about. Because we've all, all had that feeling where we're the ones that are left out. We're the ones that are picked last. We're the ones that nobody sees. And, you know, it happens once or twice, three or four times, no big deal. That's just kind of life. But once it happens over and over and over again, once there's a pattern, man, that starts chipping away at your confidence, starts chipping away at your worth. And uh, it's interesting because I had to make a choice. I had to make a choice that following day, was I going to continue doing the things that I was doing or was I going to make a change? And I decided that I was going to make a change. And instead of doing things the way we normally did it, the next day I'm captain and first person on my team, Chris Johnson. My friends kind of looked at me like I was crazy. I said, don't worry about it. He's on my team today. And instead of not throwing him the ball, I remember I threw it to him twice. He caught it once. He dropped it the other time, but it, that didn't matter. Didn't matter because for the first time I could remember Chris Johnson walked back into school with a smile on his face. And all I did to help make it happen was not pick him last, throw him the ball a few times. And here's the really, really cool thing when I look back. I, I didn't realize it at the time, but when I look back, I started picking up on something. My friends, they saw and noticed what I did. They started picking him, not last. They started, you know, including him more in different areas of school. You see, I didn't realize it, but I was a leader. And, and when I would do things like, you know, make fun of kids or interrupt the teacher because I thought whatever I had to say was even funnier, like whatever, people would just do it. But I realized that I could use that leadership in a way different way, a way better way. And people were going to follow that. And again, whether you are seven or 77, whether you're a freshman in high school, whether you are a, maybe you've dropped out of high school altogether, maybe you are in the military, wherever you are at, there is no doubt people who are looking up to you in your life. Now, you might not have the, the high and mighty position. You might not be the most popular in the world. You might not have that title, but there's no doubt people who are looking up to you. And really being a leader is nothing more than influencing and inspiring other people to be their best selves. That's nothing to do about popularity or athleticism. Leadership has nothing to do with, you know, really power. It, it has everything to do with authority and influence and inspiration. And sometimes the quietest people, sometimes the people who say the least have some of the most influence over others, have some of the strongest authority over others, are, are, are some of the best leaders we've ever seen in the history of the world. So on this beautiful Tuesday morning, afternoon, wherever you are, wherever you're listening to this, I challenge you to step up and just remember that people are watching you. And it doesn't take you know, this earth-shattering, game-changing movement in order to make a difference. Sometimes it's as simple as not picking someone last or throwing someone the ball a few times. And maybe that's all they need in order to realize that, you know, they, they too are significant. They too can, you know, they're seen, they're noticed. I think that's such a huge, huge thing. So I challenge all of us to go make our tiny impact in the world 
be a leader, inspire and influence other people to be their best versions of themselves and see, just see what happens. Take care. Have an awesome day. Peace out.